Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 30. It's a scripture I've, I've preached on in the past. Uh, I've read it a lot and underlined it a lot, marked in it a lot. You can tell I've, it's not my first time in this book. And, and it came to me a couple of weeks ago. I've been just kind of dwelling on this message and, and situations in our life and things, and I, I believe the Lord spoke to me, and that's something I don't say lightly. If if I stand here and tell you I think the Lord gave me a word for you, then I, I don't mean that just to boast because I believe he did. And, and I won't say that unless I know. And I know a couple that's here that is four, myself included, and a couple more that he showed me this morning and when I was in prayer and thinking about it. And, and he, he brought a couple before me. So I know that, that it's right on because they're here. And I'm not going to say that that's between you and the Lord. He'll deal with you. as If I can do my part, he'll do his. Matter of fact, he'll do his whether I do mine or not. Because I'm just a mouthpiece to, to try to stand in the gap, to try to deliver you what he's gave me. And if I can't do it, then somebody else will because he, he'll cause things to happen when he's wanting a word to come forth. He'll make it where it's easily understood. Whether, I, whether I'm in the way or out of the way, he'll make it happen. And I believe he will this morning, but... In the book of Samuel, chapter 30, I'm going to read just a couple of scriptures. And it said, It came to pass that when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day, and that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. 
and had taken up the women captive, and where therein they slew not, neither great or small, but they carried them away, and then they went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. And David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive, and the, the wife of Nabal the Carmelite, and David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. I got that underlined. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And as I was thinking about that, I did a little research on it. And David and his men had been in a battle. If you want to go over and read some more in the back part of it, but they had been in a battle, and they were on their way home. And a matter of fact, it was a battle that was far away from home. It said it was 50 miles that they walked. And it said when they came back to Ziglag that they were weary from the battle and from the journey from the battle back home. And when they got there, when they were at their weariest, when they were so weak, Brother Norris, they, they got home and everything that they had had been taken. Everything that, that they loved, everything that they possessed, their children, their wives, everything had been stolen and had been taken away. And their hearts failed and they fainted because of, can you imagine being out in a battlefield and they were in the battle for the Lord? Get that in our mind. They were where they should have been. And on their way home, as they journeyed a long time, they got weary. And then right when they were at their most vulnerable, when they were the most weary, the enemy had came in and took from them what was theirs. He dealt with me, Brother Doris. How that when we, the children of God, are walking in the place that we're supposed to be, not out in sin, not doing what we're not supposed to be doing, but when we were about the Father's business, doing what we're supposed to be doing, and yet we get weary from the battle, and we get weary from the time that we're walking this walk. <laughs> that that enemy knows that when we're weak, and he'll come in, and he'll steal what you love the most. He'll steal from you what you treasure the most. He'll steal from you everything that you got. And there you'll find yourself. And I've been in, this, in these shoes. You have been in these shoes. That when you're standing there and all that you have is gone, what happens? Most of the time, the people that's with you will turn their back on you. Amen. 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 His men that followed him are supposed to have his back. They turned on him. They talked about stoning him because he took them off in the battle. They turned on him. And David grieved. And he wept. And he couldn't weep anymore. But then it said that he encouraged himself. This is what I want to try to pre uh, preach on this morning if the preacher will come. I got to thinking about the times in my life that I thought that I was where I needed to be. I began to think about the times when I knew that I was where in the spiritual part of my life that I was where I'm supposed to be. 
But the journey got hard. And the journey got long. And when I found out that that enemy will come right at you, no matter, he'll come right behind this pulpit while you're here week after week and take from you. While you're standing here reading this word to somebody else, he'll take from you. When you're out there on your daily work trying to help somebody else, he'll take from you. He'll steal everything that he can because he hates you. He hates everything that you love. He wants to come in and take away everything. And when you find yourself in that place, you'll feel, you'll feel just like David did. You'll feel like you're so lost, like you're so empty, like nothing else can happen because the enemy has took from you what you have valued the most. I'm not just talking to myself this morning. The Lord's not just talking to me. He's talking to some of you. I can see it on the look on your face. You've been where David was at. And he find yourself sitting there grieving and weeping until you couldn't weep anymore. He said he encouraged himself in the Lord. And I know for a fact that works because I've had to do it many times in my life. And I shared this not long ago with my family during the funeral service. But when my mom died... I got to that place. I stood strong for a few days, Brother Dustin, for my family. But that night that we went to the funeral home just up the road here, when I come home, it was like my knees were noodles. I couldn't stand any longer. And I went to my garage and I spent the night there. And I got down just like David did. I got down on my knees right there in the wilder. And I was trying to decide what I was going to do because I had no other choice because I felt like something had been stolen from me. And then the Lord... Of that God, all oh, that I met when I was 13 years old upon a mountainside in prayer who showed himself to me real. He met me right where I was at and he encouraged him, my, me through the word of God, through scripture that I put in here. And he began to strengthen me just like David when he, he said, I encouraged myself in the Lord. And I got to thinking, what did he do? And I, what did I do? I began to think about the times that I didn't think I'd be able to stand up again. And then the word would come alive inside of me. And the things that he's done for me in the past and the battles that I'd fought in the past would come alive and it began to strengthen me. It began to make me stand. And I thought about David, how he must have been there when everybody else was against him, when everything had turned their back on him and all his that he believed in would help him turn their back on him, that he still had the one thing. And his name was Jesus. He still had the Lord of hosts dwelling inside of him. And I believe he began to think, he began to encourage himself. How do you encourage yourself when you're down and everything has been took from you? I believe in my mind. I begin to meditate and dwell upon this scripture. I believe he thought back to the days when he was just a young, young shepherd boy out in the field. When Samuel came by the house of Jesse to anoint a king. <laughs> I believe he began to think about that when they chose everybody else first. And he was the last one they didn't even think to call in from the field. And he was anointed king. I believe that began to stir inside of him when he thought of that God that loved him enough when nobody else thought about him. Come on. They didn't even think to call him and to come into the house. When nobody else thought about him, God had him in his mind. When everybody else was pushing him aside in life and said, who do you think you are? Even coming in and Samuel took the oil and anointed him king of Israel. I thought about the time that he spoke about when he was in the, in the field watching his father's sheep and the bear came. And the lion came and he said he stood up and he took them by the beard and he slew them with his bare hands. 
I began to think about that. must have encouraged him when he was sitting there thinking that nobody else was on his side, but nobody else was in that field with him. Nobody else was there to help him, but he stood up against the bear. He stood up against the lion. Are you getting encouraged a little bit? Can you feel what I'm talking about? When he stood up when nobody else was with him, and he slew that enemy that was trying to take from his father's flock. And I don't have scripture for this, but in my meditation the other day when I was praying hard for this message, he showed me, I believe, as he was down on his knees, in that pity, in that shape of nobody else was wanting to help him. Everybody turned against him, I believe, that he got up when he got to thinking about that, that bear. Oh, and he got to walking around thinking about that line, thinking about how nobody was there to help him but God. <laughs> And he went over to his closet. This is my thinking. This is just me thinking. And he went over to that closet. And he opened up the door. And out came a sword in his hand. And he dusted off that sword. This is my thinking. He dusted off that sword. And he looked down on that sword. And it was a big sword. He saw the bloodstains of the battle. And he remembered a time. When he stood alone on a field of battle yeah. and he faced the champion of the Philistines yeah. and he looked him dead in the eye and he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Yeah. And he took out of that bag, that creek rock that he found <laughs> and he put it in a sling and he made a, a big swing and he took it in a big Goliath that stood before him, the giant that stood before him when all the rest was hiding behind him when they turned their back on him that time and they told him he had no business being on that battlefield. He took that rock and he knocked that giant down. And then he took that sword. I believe it was that sword that I could see in my meditation. And he went over and he took the head of Goliath. You know why he took the head of Goliath? When I read that story this morning in the book, 17th chapter of this book, Goliath didn't strike the first one. He defeated the army of Israel with his mouth. Yeah. I believe that's why David took his head to silence his mouth. Yeah. But he, can you imagine what he began to feel? He encouraged himself when he thought about all those times when he was alone. All those times when all those that were supposed to love him had turned their back on him. All those times that those that were supposed to be his family had turned their back and laughed at him. And as a matter of fact, they scolded him and told him he had no business being there. That encouraged him. I believe as he sat there in that, in that time of sorrow that he thought about, they're all against me, but God is still for me. I believe he looked down at that blood-stained sword, Brother Wayne, and he said, The same God, oh, that delivered me from this giant. The same God that walked with me when everybody else was behind me. The same God that, that when they all turned their back on me, that he stood me up straight. And I went to the battlefield. That's all I need is that same God who stood with me in that battle. The same God that stood me within when I was in the field. The same God that anointed me the King of Israel. The same God that delivered me from every battle that I fought is the same God that will deliver me from this situation, from this time in my life, from this hurt and this heartache. And I'm going to get up. I'm going to dust myself off. And I'm going to go to the God, the God in prayer. And guess what he done? He got up. He dusted himself off. He dusted off the depression. He dusted off the fear. He dusted off the heartache and the pain. And he put on the Ephraim. <laughs> Brother Charlie taught Sunday school on praise. 
The ephod. I said, the ephod is a garment that the priest wore when he went into the presence of God. That's a garment of praise. Then when you dust it off the failure, you dust it off the heartache, you dust it off all the problems that this world has given you, and you put on that garment of praise, and you get into the presence of the Lord. And then what did he do? He said over chapter nine, or verse 9 there, it said, he inquired of the Lord. He simply asked God. After he had got out of his self-pity, after he had got everybody else hating him behind him, he stood up. He encouraged himself. He got into praise. And he praised the Lord. And then he asked his guidance on what to do. Somebody excited other than me. I'm feeling this this morning. He said, Lord, shall I pursue after this truth? Shall I overtake them? Brother Charlie, the Lord said, and he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Amen. Amen. Without fail, recover all. His men hadn't joined him yet. He was still standing up, encouraged, with that garment of praise on, ready to go and pursue, to take back what the enemy had taken from him. And yet the children of God is born again, has Jesus Christ on their side. We, the church, we allow the same kind of situations in our life to where that while we're out doing the work of the Lord, while we're out doing what we feel is right, the enemy will come in and he'll steal from you. Well, Brother Ori, what does he steal? He steals our faith. He steals our health. He steals our zeal. He steals our, our hunger to go after God. He steals our relationships with our family. He steals our loved ones if we'll let it. He'll steal anything that will come and to try to torment your heart. He'll try to do anything to steal from you. And most of us, when we find ourselves in that shape, we do just like David done. We get down on our knees and it's woe and oh me and pity me, Lord. Amen. Amen. Every last one of us in this house has been where I'm talking about. What are we supposed to do? What did David do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. I believe we need to think back on the times and the things. And I've done this. It really works. Where God has brought you from. And the situations where you thought this will be the end. I'll never make another step forward for the Lord. But then all of a sudden something begins to stir inside of you. And it gets you back to the place that you're encouraged. You know what we've got to do? Just like I thought about David. We need to get down. Go to that closet that he showed me. Pick up the sword. Dust it off. And look at the bloodstains from the battle. Amen. And get something inside of us. Brother Charlie, that same God, that same God that delivered me from the battle, that brought me to this altar, that saved my soul, the same blood that was shed by that sword, that pierced his side, the same blood shed. We need to get a hold of this. 
This is the weapon of our warfare. We hold it in our hand, but we take it lightly because all we want to do is sit and think, oh me, oh my. But we've got the very thing that we need to encourage ourselves. And then we need to put on a garment of praise and stand before the Lord and do what? We need to inquire what we need to do next. Do you want back what he's stolen from you? I can tell you all the things he stole from me, but what has he stolen from you? Do you want them back? Do you? Dust off the sword. Put on the praise and then inquire of the Lord. And guess what he's going to tell you? Without fail, you can recover all. But there's one part that we've got to do. We've got to pursue after it. David was ready to step out and go after his family whether the rest of them went or not. And that's what we've got to learn to do. This is an individual walk. This is an individual battle. We're a church, but this is an individual thing I'm talking about to where each one of us has to pursue after the things that have been stolen from me. I've got to go after the things he's took from me. You've got to go after the things he's took from you. But without fail, he said you can recover all. What has he took from you? Has he took your health? Has he took your finances? Has he took your relationship with your families? Has he took, what has he took from you? Has he took your zeal? See, you can have it all back. If we'll humble ourselves and inquire of the Lord. I'm closing with verse 18. It said, And David recovered all. Because he pursued after what the Lord told him. After he encouraged himself. When you're going through a battle, we can encourage each other as a church. But there's nothing like when you're alone in your prayer closet. When you meditate upon the things and the scriptures and the time, Brother Doris, that when he's picked you up, when nobody else's words seem to matter, but God will take his presence and encourage you to get up and take one more step forward. But then when we get that zeal and that fire inside of us that, that we know that that same God that fought my battles in the past is the same God that's fighting my battles now, that we're willing to go after it. Do you want back what the enemy stole from you? You want it? If you don't get it, it's your fault because the Lord said to pursue after it that you could recover everything that you've lost. He can repair every situation that's caused you pain and heartache. He can bring you out of wherever you're at if we're willing to pursue, to go after it. Not only did David get everything that he owned back, not only did he get his children and his wives and all his possessions back, he got the spoil of the enemy. His net worth went up double because he took everything. He took everything back from the enemy. And I tell you that if we'll go after God with a zeal and a fire, knowing that we want what he's taken from us, that my God goes before me. We can have everything that we've lost and get back more. Amen. Amen. Do you want that? Yes. You're not as excited as I thought you'd be. <laughs> I want back what he took from me. Yes. He took it. If you go home this evening and somebody's in your building getting your possessions, you'll get excited. <laughs> That's right. You'll start hollering, screaming, calling the law, grabbing your shotgun. You'll do something to prevent that thief from taking from you. 
but we'll sit here Sunday after Sunday with our legs crossed and our hands like this, and Lord, I just like to get back to where I used to be. If you're not where you used to be, whose fault is it? Ouch, amen, it's my fault, I'm the same way. You'll fight and kill over your earthly possessions, but you'll let your spiritual things get stolen right up under our feet without a fight. Amen. We're, I'm right. But good Lord, give me this for a reason. Are we willing to pursue? And I am closing with that. Are we willing? Can you imagine what it felt like when David come back? Wagon loads of goods. With that feeling of victory. We can have that, that feeling of victory. Amen. If we'll pursue after what the enemy's taken from us. Amen. I'll accept that one. I'll take it. Thank you, brother. That means willing to pursue. And I, I believe with all my heart, I, I mean, that message was for me. I don't know about the rest of you. Because the devil is fighting hard, more stronger today than ever in my life. And I believe the whole church family has been under attack. And he's still well, we're trying to serve God. And uh, I, believe, I believe God gave boy that message for us. And we need to take it seriously. Are we willing to fight and pursue and get back what the devil stole? I'm willing. He'll strip you clean and leave you with nothing. Hey, have you ever thought about being a podcaster? Well, go over there, get your gear that you already have, and get you a quiet place and start recording. That's the first step. Join over 100,000 of podcasters that's already using Buzzsprout to get their message out there to the world. Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. If you want to upgrade, Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. 
follow the link in the description below and it will give you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan and it helps support my show. All right, thank you. God bless you.